Hi, and welcome to Second Rate Film School. I'm Andrew, and today we have another special guest, William Sanderson, best known for um, TV's Newhart, True Blood, Deadwood, Coach, Jumanji, The Rocketeer, Blade Runner, and a ton of other stuff. His IMDb is um, probably a longer than my arm if you printed it out, so you've had quite the career, so welcome. Thank you, and uh, I feel very lucky and uh, uh, not to get ahead of you, but I even got a book finished, so I hope I, you'll allow me to mention it later. Yeah, and I'll uh, make sure to put the link in the description down below. I know I'm actually going to probably pick up a copy now on um, Black Friday because it um, sounds pretty interesting. You know, you've had quite the career, and we will obviously get into it. Well, uh, as my wife reminds me, I always have help. Exactly. Especially with the book. So, obviously you've had quite the career, and we'll touch on it a lot, but um, here today we're going to be focusing a lot on Newhart. Um, you played the character of Larry. Across the eight seasons, you appeared in 91 of the 184 episodes, so about half the episodes, so you guys were um, pretty high up there in appearances compared to some of the other um, cast members. Um, I have my like little list cheat sheet here. The characters Chester and Jim only appeared in the um, mid to high 30s. Officer Shitlet only appeared 20 times and Harley appeared 16 times. So you guys really were fan favorites, obviously. So what was that like considering that was only supposed to be a one-off role for you guys originally? Well, obviously it's a big surprise and uh, they kept adding episodes. So that made it Well, and it's actually interesting because, and that was bringing me to my next question, when I um, interviewed um, John Volstead, linked below for the, you guys who haven't watched it yet, um, you know, he mentioned he wasn't really aware of this, but, you know, the vast majority of your appearances, really, or the number, I should say, really kicked off in season three when you guys took over the Minuteman Cafe after um, the character of Kirk left. Do you know if they were going to be trying to find a way to um, boost up your appearance numbers regardless, or was that just a happy coincidence of, well, we have this set, the guy who owned it left town, so we got to find someone to own it? Well, I, I was on a need-to-know basis, which is, I usually am <laughs> most of my career. But uh, uh, Stephen Campman was a nice man, and... Uh, I'm sorry he he left. He even recommended that we come in. He recommended that the Larry Daryl and Daryl come in for a wedding or something. And, you know, that shows what kind of guy he was. And then to lose the job, uh, I must have felt awful. But I heard he's a great writer. And uh, another young actress, Jennifer Holmes, uh, she started out, she was good, but they said she was too perfect. So it's, uh, it's rolling dice, and that on that show, they kept us around for some reason. 
Yeah, well, and yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I mentioned again with John, we briefly talk about the departure of the two of them. And I mean, I really like the Kirk character. I think he could have worked for the remainder of the series. But yeah, I think um, Jennifer Holmes, they made the mistake of, yeah, she was like too perfect of a character. They didn't really give her what we later saw with um, the Stephanie yeah. character of, you know, what is she doing? She was always actually doing her job. The gimmick was she was rich, but you know, they were both good actors. And it is sad to see him go, but you know, you guys got to stick around. So, so yeah, so you guys appeared in, you know, 91 of the 184 episodes, but you know, even though that's a little less than half, you know, whenever people talk about Newhart, you know, you guys are usually mentioned top of the list. You know, I know rewatching this show with my parents, my dad's always like, we need more Larry, Daryl and Daryl find those episodes. We need to watch those ones. You know, that you guys were their favorite characters. Nice to hear. Uh, but I guess, Bob Newhart ran everything, and he wanted to keep a mystery about it. And uh, you know, it's, it's frustrating at times because uh, I thought we had more to offer. But uh, I was very happy. It's it's even a joy to go on and have a, at least quasi career, in spite of being remembered on a sitcom. You have to overcome that. I mean, it didn't hurt Tom Hanks, but in general, you know, I've sat in interviews where casting directors talking to the director said, you may not want to hire him. He was on the Newhart show. Well, he did hire me, and he said, I'm sorry, Bill, I've never seen that show. Uh, he's a wonderful guy, but, you know, there's a stereotype. And uh, I was able to survive. Exactly. Well, that's the thing, you know, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves into some of your other roles, you know, your role of Larry, um, you know, I know it came a little before, you did a great job on um, the 80s Twilight Zone. I actually rewatched that one recently, um, just trying to rewatch that show. Much different role than you get into later on, you know, the character of Sheriff Bud on True Blood and, you know, EB on Deadwood are two very different types of characters. And, you know, it's, you swing, you're able to swing through very great writers, you know, we speak of the right starts of the writing, and we had David Milch, who taught English literature at Yale on Deadwood, and we had Alan Ball, who won an Academy Award himself, but for, I believe, American Beauty, who created uh, True Blood, so I was fortunate. You know the phrase, many are called, but few are chosen. I'm glad I was chosen. <laughs> We're glad still to. Didn't do, didn't do every episode. On Deadwood, I did do every episode. So, you know, I love David Mills. Yeah. Um, so, again, you know, with Newhart, though, you know, obviously everyone talks, like, the one thing that people generally talk about that show is the legendary series finale. So, when did you find out that it was going to be, you know, the reveal to be a dream of the Bob Newhart show? Yeah, I didn't know how that was going to end, you know. That's a total surprise. And the uh, audience went crazy with laughter. But uh, I don't know how Mary Fran truly thought about it, but she probably acquiesced in having Susan Plichet, who was great. Both of them Really good. Yeah, I heard that Mary Fran was initially um, a little hesitant about it, worrying that it could be potentially insulting to the fans, kind of like poking fun, like, hey, uh, none of this mattered. But 
in the end, I think that's like the perfect send off to that show. You know, the finale is just so wacky. All of um, you guys getting bought up by the Japanese um, business firm and all that. And, you know, Larry or Daryl and Daryl finally talking. You guys all becoming mega rich. And you it know, just. But there's one thing a producer saddled up to me one day and he said, you know, you're more secure than Mary Fran. And that, that you know, character actor didn't hear that too much. <laughs> Made me feel good. You know, why? See, Mary had a hard job. She took over, and Suzanne Plachet was loved and, and a great character. So, uh, the, all the time, uh, one person said Mary Friend's character was to get from A to B. I, I wouldn't even talk like this, probably if people were alive or if I weren't approaching death myself. But I like having the producer tell me that. Yeah, and people act up, we act up, and uh, he might, one of them might have come up to her and said the same thing, you know, you're a lot more secure than William Sanders. What does that have to do with anything? The only thing is, I'm tired of apologizing all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, still, that's very interesting to hear, and I can imagine, you know, like you said, as a character actor here at Net, um made you feel pretty secure in the, oh, we're going to definitely be coming back here more often. I was going to say, you know, with Mary Fran, um, you know, yeah, obviously, yeah, she did have the difficult shoes to fill because, yeah, you did have wacky people in the original Bob Newhart show, but, you know, for several seasons, people saw Bob Newhart and Susan Pluchette, you know, for her to then have to come in and fill that, you know, the loving wife role, even though it was a different type of character, technically, just personality-wise. Um, she did a great job and like all of them, like all of you, you know, Tom Poston, um, Peter Scalaria, Julia Duffy, obviously Bob Newhart, um, all of you guys like, were just really like firing on all cylinders, all eight seasons of this show. Um, you know, the first episode to the last episode, I think are just as high quality. So it really stands to the testament of you guys as actors and actresses and the writers in general. And Bob. They yeah. tune in to see Bob. I don't want to forget. But thank you for saying that. Uh, and Mary Friend, I really liked her. Uh, and I don't think we had any problems. You know. But uh, what was I in? And I didn't have any problems that I knew of with the other ones. But I was playing the town crazy, so to speak. So, you know, I don't know what they really thought. But uh, is this a family show? so to speak yeah, you can say whatever you want uh, my viewership is usually and you can enough. cut it if you don't like it yeah sure I was in the Hard Rock Cafe and the bartender brought me a note and uh, I looked at it and it said have you ever seen Mary Friend's breast and I haven't And but it was a customer made me laugh you know and Obviously, he watched the Newhart show, and she wore beautiful uh, sweaters. Well, of course, you shared a great number of scenes with your various other cast members, you know, Bob Newhart, Mary Fran, Tom, Peter Scolari, Julia, uh, etc. The ones you obviously spent the most amount of time, I think would be a fair assessment to say, is your brother Daryl and your other brother Daryl, you know, Tony and John. What was working with the two of them like? I, John and Tony were two... I said to someone on an interview, I don't know if I could have done it with anybody else because they put their egos aside and they knew more about acting than I did. 
Tony had done a hundred plays. John studied in England. I learned from both of them, but they, uh, and, and sometimes I, I'm sure I did some stupid lame things and they would, uh, they were forgiving. <laughs> yeah. I didn't try to, it's just, I'm doing the talking so I get the credit or they come to the press and they, uh, the press wants to talk to me, but they, they, they like, they would they want the brothers to do commercial. They end up, I mean, um, uh, oh, I forget, a big commercial, they but MTM wouldn't let them. So, uh, I just didn't think, it's, it's sad, you know, MTM owns the characters and I got to do a commercial. It was ran for three years or so. And, uh, I was in an awkward position, but because of their integrity and character, we survived. Yeah. And that's, um, interesting because again, I was talking with John a little bit about this, that, you know, unlike most other actors, you know, you guys were usually when you were doing these interviews, especially obviously when the show was on, were expected to be in character. So that'd be, you know, tough for them that they can't come out and be like, Oh no, we can talk. And yeah. Yeah. Really hard for them. Yeah, we did the morning shows back in New York, and uh, I didn't think it. But uh, you know, I'm just a character actor, and that's what the book is about. So go ahead, please. Yeah. So I mean, very. You know, and it, again, shows how great all three of you guys are. That I mean, obviously, you got to play off great writing, play off you know people like Bob Newhart, Mary Fran, um, etc. But like the three of you guys, you know constantly are just like a sources of hilarity like there, you know um john was like saying you know we would you know like shrug you know empathetically i believe is how he phrased it like you, know, you could get a lot of acting from the two of them out of it to play off of you as well and all that that you guys you know were like really always well, you know, they're, great. they're very good at it and they're very different characters i ran for mayor and John, my other brother, Daryl, voted for me, but Tony would never have voted for me. So they have a whole different life. And uh, I didn't speak in a movie called The Client with uh, Susan Sarandon. That was because Tommy Lee Jones didn't want me to. But it's not easy to yeah. go through a whole picture. You know, and uh, I kept the money, but it's, I'm very fond of the brothers. Yeah. Don't don't just tell him. Tell him he said both of you drank too much. And he had to prop you up. Blah blah blah. But they know how I feel about him. Yeah. No, and it's it's nice to hear that again. You guys like formed a friendship. You know, you can you hear a lot of times these sitcoms. Not going to name names, but you hear about people who are like to them it was just a nine to five. Their coworker, they the cast members were just coworkers, and that was it. And you like you're like oh you know you wish character A and character B could be friends, but to hear that you guys, you know, like each other and friendship and all that's, um, again, very heartwarming to hear. We were like real brothers, so inevitably there were tensions that I didn't even know about, and I did some dumb things. We traveled around the country, New York and Vermont and San Francisco, and parted down in our own way. And I was in the limo with John and Tony, and they were giving us a or we were presenting an award. This drunk comes running up, and I didn't see him, but Tony jumped out of the car and stopped him. What does that have to do? It's just, it was a very sweet thing to say. I think John was in the car, but Tony probably 
particularly. They, the drunk didn't like us because we were in a limo, and all of us worked 10 years before we made a living. They thought we started at the top and stayed there. Mm-hmm. Hard to do. Hard See to what I'm talking about? I just started babbling. Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting story, and I mean, hard to believe that anyone want to attack you. But hey, look, you know, someone put, just sucker punched Rick Moranis, so there are just people out there who don't like actors for yeah, some reason. Yeah, yeah, I've read about that. And I was born in New York. Okay. I was there over six years, but nothing like it is now. Your home originally is, if you don't mind me asking, um, Buffalo, New York. I know um, um, Jeffrey Jones, who was also in Deadwood, um, was um, from Buffalo. Jeffrey, I I love Jeffrey. Can I tell a story about Jeffrey? Sure. Uh, uh, I said, I want you to direct me in a play. I liked him a lot, his acting. But one day, we were shooting a scene in the thoroughfare, big crowd, and uh, he slapped me as he thought the character would do his character. And he's about 6'4", 240, 250. So I slapped him back three or four times like a woman. And uh, one of the stars jumped in. Whoa, whoa, hey, hey, hey. And I felt so bad. I felt terrible. I sent him a bottle of wine. I wrote him a note uh, the next day. And he was very gracious. Never held it against me. But... I came out of character, and his was in character. So then I told Ian McShane, who liked me a little bit, I said, Ian, uh, it was in character. He slapped me out. He said, it always is. It always is. (laughs) If we make the excuse that it is. Luckily, Jeffrey didn't uh, pick me up and drop me. Oh, I, I loved him. He's a wonderful actor. Yeah, no, and I mean, the, you know, obviously you've been focusing on um, New Heart, but yeah, I mean, the cast in all those shows, True Blood, Deadwood, um, all of them were, you know, like, again, great, you know, actors, actresses, you know, in their own right. And, you know, it's, it's you know, I think, hey, go show you, HBO can uh, get some pretty good actors. Yeah, and I didn't mention from Timothy Oliphant to Ian McShane to Molly Parker to, uh, Oh, I can't list them all. Brad Dourif uh, and uh, Trixie. Uh, I'm using her character name, but and we had great guest stars. Uh, but uh, now, rounding back a little bit, you know, you talk about um, all the across the different shows you've worked on and all the tons of different actors you've worked with. Um, you know, like with the story you told about um, Jeffrey um, smacking you on Deadwood. Um, a lot of actors are known to like insert, you know, quirky things to their characters to, you know, improve upon and flesh out the characters. Now, John told me about an interesting thing that you did while we were doing our commentary tracks that um, I'd like to have you elaborate on if you can. Um, that you would always have a quarter tucked behind your ear while you were playing Larry. Um, can you um, go into the origins of that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, that's proof that I only thought it was a one-time thing. In, pardon me for dropping the name, but in Coal Miners of Order, I'm selling moonshine, and I had looked in the books and it was taking place in the 40s, and people, certain people, especially rural southerners, put a coin in their ear. It could be half dollars. I put a quarter. I've seen 
pictures of him with a penny. And I did it for good luck. So when I went into Newhart, most people didn't know it was there. Uh, we just never mentioned it. I hope they didn't think it was a hearing aid. But, uh, you know, it worked once. Uh, Tony Papenfus used to talk about why did George Foreman name six of his kids George? And uh, I think George Foreman said, well, it worked once. That <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, yeah, another silly choice. Yeah, it's just an interesting thing, and it goes into showing, like, the weird quirks of Larry and the Daryls that just, like, you know, every time you feel like you got like a beat on them, that you know what's finally going on with them, go, you know, nope, we're gonna pull a new layer back in. You know, other brother Daryl was a, you know, was a model at one point, or that Johnny Carson is paying your bills. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting, but they also played the piano, didn't they, in an episode? Yeah. And so that's something I'm glad they didn't ask me to do. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was always, that's always just the fun thing with your guys' characters that like just every new episode just brings something weird and um, wonderful. Like you said, you know, in that episode, you you run for mayor, and then you find out that apparently your politics differ from Daryl, and it's just it's just great. Um, you had the line, you know, which one of you is the Benedict Daryl? Like you know, one of your brothers betrayed you, but you're not sure which one initially. Um, you know, and the one commentary track that um, me and John did, we did um, the Prodigal Daryl, the one where you guys write the um, jingle, like the really inane jingle, but somehow you win 30 grand for it. I wish I could recall like you do, but they asked us one time, what was one of your favorite shows? And I said, the Prodigal Daryl's one. I thought it had some humanity, you know. But Tony said, oh, you like it when I'm off screen most of the time. <laughs> But he, he's a, uh, he's a very funny guy. Both of them are in oh, real life. Yeah, no, and again, it shows like, you know, just a testament to like, you know, being able to be nonverbal, like all of their like, you know, shrugs and like their looks. And then that episode, you know, it ends with, you know, um, Daryl, you know, Tony's Daryl blew the money that he got. And you have the final line you have is like, Well, Daryl, you blew $5,000 in three days. I hope it was worth it. And then he just gives like a devilish smile, and that's how like the episode ends. It's like perfect to see the usually stoic Daryl like have the mischievous laugh, and you can tell exactly what he did like on that smile and all that. Yeah, yeah. You're aware that they both worked at this fairly exclusive theater of Mark Taper Forum in LA. Yeah. And the casting director knew them from there. They, we may have all read for Larry, and I'm sure that uh, either one of them could have played Larry, but I got lucky. You know, John was like saying that he loves it, loved playing um, Daryl or other brother Daryl, and um, I'm sure that never got confusing on set, um, but um, yeah, that again, you guys all, and you, you know, obviously Larry would get the majority of the lion's share of the um, solo episodes uh, or the episodes um, featuring you guys specifically, but you know, each of them got their own spotlight episodes. Um, John, obviously in um, season sevens, this blood's for you. That's the one where uh, they give, he gives Stephanie his blood for like a transfusion. And it's like a very nice moment at the end where she's initially horrified that, you know, she has part of you guys in her, but like, you know, he, it's a yeah. very nice acting moment with the two of them. 
Yeah, they could have done, uh, I hate to talk like that, but could have done so much more now. Maybe, I believe we got a chunk of money when the series ended for the option to do a spinoff, but the company ran out of money. And it may have been better because if I do it too long, I probably wouldn't get to do much else. But uh, I just always thought, what you think of the other it was just a ton of more more stuff they could have done. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I was I was on the Paley the Paley uh, thing they have in L.A. and they were celebrating Bob and his shows going on Hulu, our show. And then somebody in the audience said, "How many shows did you do?" And I said, "Not enough." And I, I didn't mean it disrespectfully or anything. It's uh, uh, it's never enough. It's never enough. But I'm I'm very happy the way things have turned out with my so-called life, and I hope that uh, someone reads the book. It's called "Yes, I'm That Guy: The Rough and Tumble Life of a Character Actor." Surviving over forty years in Hollywood, straight in New York, Army and law school, blah blah blah. Um, continuing on, so, you know, we briefly talked about, you know, you liked um, work with Mary Fran and all that. Do you have any um, fun stories about any of the other cast members you'd like to share, you know, over the course of eight years working with? No, uh, you know, that's when I miss John and Tony because they remembered funny stuff. Uh, Newhart told me I was too, put too much pressure trying to take myself too seriously instead of just having fun like compost. But I like Peter Scolari, uh, he was in North Carolina somewhere, and um, he said, uh, somebody said, boy, that guy must be very dumb, it plays Larry, and he said, Peter told me, he replied, well, I don't know, he has a lot of grief, but if we would do that, Peter, they would say to me, somebody said once, and it didn't, uh, Peter Scolari's character is kind of nerdish. And I said, well, I don't know. He's a heck of an athlete. He's a dad. He's, he's a professional to work with. So I don't know what the others said. They might have said I spit my tobacco in a coffee cup. <laughs> but we, I think we, uh, we were lucky to have. Bob didn't allow nonsense. If they got too big, he just they wouldn't be back. You know. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's, it just shows, you know, the testament to how loved your characters were that, again, you were only supposed to be in that one episode. And, you know, when that was one of the other episodes that me and John talked about, you know, it was the second episode of the series. And you don't appear until like the last three minutes, I think, of the show when all is said and done are or, or barely there. But it shows like how quickly you became, you know, fan favorites. That's like, we got to keep you coming back. So, you know, that also probably played a Rolled. I mean, you guys were sometimes getting, you know, bigger applause than like, you know, um, Bob Newhart and Mary Fram were when they were walking in through the door in the first episode, the first scenes of the show. Oh, yeah. I, I tried not to think about it, but if it weren't there, I wouldn't notice it, you know. But I tried not to think about it, you know. Tom uh, Poston, uh, he liked to joke around a lot, and, and I don't even remember this, but he said, because Tony and John came out and got their own applause by themselves. And 
I came out and they applauded, but I made some kind of mistake. And he said, see, I told you, you got bigger applause. So he, uh, he made a, that Larry or Bill Sampson made a mistake. <laughs> but, um, I like Tom a lot. He is generous, took me to a commercial agent when I didn't have one. And, um, it was a good bunch, a good bunch. And, uh, Bob had done his old series on that same stage. And he knew a lot of the crew, and he believed in doing the show and get out and go home, but not stay until 12, 1 o'clock in the morning when the audience is so tired. So we were lucky that it was Bob. I mean, I, I'd come back in on Monday, and somebody left a razor blade in this, my dressing room. <clears throat> it wasn't locked. I didn't like that, you know. They think that's me, but I wasn't into drugs and stuff. Oof. I did like to have a drink away from the set, and so did Bob. But not at work. Well, that's what, yeah, I've read that, you know, Bob Newhart was, wasn't still as, like, a consummate professional of, like, you know, do do what you need to do and, you know, do it well. Yes, he was a, he was a wonderful boss. Yeah. Probably the smartest I ever worked for. But, uh, I wouldn't mind if he'd give me 10 more shows a year, but I, I, you know, it's never enough. I was happy. I, I used to tell friends, uh, I was walking down the street and this actor had a career. I won't mention his name, but, uh, I said, it's not that great being on the show, meaning I feel sorry that you don't have a show right now, and I do. And he said, made you famous, didn't it? Those were his words, not my words. So, I guess it did at the time. Um, you know, like I said, you know, and I've told various family members that, um, that I was interviewing you and John, like, they were, like, they were very, like, oh, my God, you're interviewing Larry and other brother Daryl, like, you know, they you know, love the show and, you know, immediately recognize you guys. So, you know, they're, um, the fan base is still out there. We were, they, they kept the show on there then and give them my thanks and, uh, love. And, uh, I just, I just, there's a lot of luck involved, hard work, but I'm going to mention my book one more time. And I promise not to, you can <laughs> hang up. Oh yes, I'm that guy. The rough and tumble life of a character actor. And if they're remotely interested, it shows how hard work and perseverance can pay off. All the time, being a very big danger to myself, self-doubt, self-sabotage. Thank you for letting me mention it. Again, no worries. And thank you for coming on. We're still a reasonably small um, series, so getting... um people like you on is um, then a great help to boost us up. So we're punching above our weight class, but we like it. Thank you very much for letting us. And I really wish that I could have sat with John and Tony. And when I'm, you know, uh, they never minimize what I was saying by agreeing with me all the time. I'll put it that way. <laughs> and that made it fun, made it fun. Yeah, and again, yeah, it seems like, you know, I've watched um, the blooper reels. It seems like you guys, you know, even though you were professionals and all that and did your job well, it seems like, you know, it was a fun set to be on. Yeah, yeah. Well, one fan 
who asked if we were real brothers. Um, that was kind of amusing. The best question I didn't wasn't there when an audience member asked Bob, "Is this a rerun you're shooting?" <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to heard his answer, but I didn't have the nerve to say to him, "What'd you say?" <laughs> but Bob would warm the audience up, and, and he could be a little more risque. And it's like the Queen of England scratching her rear end or something. You're not expecting it. And, so they were in a good mood by the time we started. You know, because, you know, he always was known for playing like straight laced, you know, kind of deadpan characters. But, you know, I mean, I encourage people like to seek out his stand up material and all that. I have um, his, uh, I've got a record shop, his um, album Button Down uh, Mind on TV. Um, and it's like, it, it's really hilarious, you know, for a now 50 year old um, album. Like, it's all still great material. And it's like, and Bobby Hart's doing yeah. this. Well, he wrote that material and he's so smart and I saw him in Pennsylvania at uh, Hershey Theater and he was great. Uh, I, uh, I could never do that, <laughs> but uh, we were lucky to work with him. He seems like a truly um, great guy. I'd, I'd love to interview him, so if I don't know if you could put a good word in for me on him or anything. Oh, else. absolutely. I don't. I'm not in touch very much, but if it happens, I'll be glad to. I, I, I hope you talk to him. He's, uh, whenever I saw him talking and congratulating to other stars, I wish he could have, I could have learned. He knew just what to say, always. I guess you call that manners, dignity, and he had it. But off camera, he could be pretty, pretty different, pretty wild. You know, with the jokes. But that's why Don, uh, his friend Don Rickles, died, and they were such good friends because they, their minds were both pretty anarchistic. Which when I found that out, um, that they were like really good friends, that like blew my mind because if you told me to come up with a more comedic differing pairing of um, duos just from their public personas, I would um, I would say you, know, you couldn't get much more different than Don Rickles and Bob Newhart, but you know, it's great. Yeah. I, great watching. Um, they did a roast for Rickles, the Dean Martin one, you know, Bob was there and you know, he was like really funny on that when he was roasting um, Don Rickles. Yeah. Yeah, well, and as you know, I'm sure they're Rickles' wife and Bob's wife. They're good friends, and they travel the world together. He tells a lot of funny stories about that. Uh, I'm sure it's recorded somewhere. They start out with home movies and no film in the camera or something. Rickles, I don't know, uh, but they were an unusual pair. Uh, too bad they didn't try and do like a TV series together. That would have uh, been, a, they, they could have been the real odd couple. Well, yeah, Don may have done one Newhart episode. I don't think I did it with him, but uh, Rickles, I believe, was known for had trouble learning the lines. Lord knows when he did a live act, that slowed out. You know, I shouldn't talk. I, from right now, the lines don't come as fast as they used to for me. I probably should quit talking because I know I, I've been not, trying not to do it over 30 minutes because 
Who wants to hear a character actor talk about himself for 30 minutes? I mean, my fans hopefully would, but... Um, so, okay, well, then I'll just wrap up one more question and we'll call it a day again. So, you know, going into the mind of Larry now, in the year 2020 now, what do you think Larry, Daryl, and Daryl would be doing in the midst of this pandemic that we're in the middle of? Mm. The brothers might get inventive, but uh, I, I'm, I imagine Larry would be in the basement somewhere. Uh, but... Uh, he was Larry was an innocent. William Sanderson's not an innocent, but uh, some people may not have thought we were funny. They thought we were weird. But he, I hope he'd be helping out a neighbor when he could. Might scare them, but uh, the nucleus or the beginning of Larry Darrow and Darrow, they were. Humanitarians. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'd, I'd, I'd be in the basement somewhere, come out when I could. Did that answer you? Yeah, pretty much. I I would like to see um, how Larry and Daryl Daryl might try and set up like Uber Eats to um, keep the Minuteman alive um, in the takeout world. But, you know, who knows? I can see you're going to be a great writer, and that's why we depend on you. And, uh, once, once on Newhart, I didn't like this joke very much, and, and the, this writer didn't last long, but he said, well, what have you got? And I, I didn't have what he, uh, I, I didn't have a substitute ready that was early on. I don't know. They might have been making fun of Elvis Presley, and I write a lot in the book about being around Elvis Presley when I was uh, from 11 years old to 18, and but, hey, I, I, I'm no writer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, thank you, though, right. for uh, your time. So, yeah, again, again, thank you very much for coming on and talking with us. You know, we hope everyone enjoyed it. All right. Good luck to you. Bye-bye. Have a good day.
Hi. Hello, Andrew. Hi. You? Good, you? All right, thank you. All right, um, just want to thank you for coming on, and it's good, um, good to get this started, I guess. Thank you. So, um, just real quick, hope you and yours had a very nice Thanksgiving and all that. Oh, it was fine considering the craziness, but, and you? I was pretty good. I'm still um, out in LA, um, not going home yet till Christmas. So, it was just me and a friend uh, massacring a turkey, but it turned out fine. Again, all things considered. Good, good. Well, uh, I hope it gets better. Yeah. Yeah, we were actually watching the um, Newhart um, Thanksgiving um, episode last night, so I was getting extra prepared for today. Oh, well, I'm an old man, so it's hard to remember everything. Uh, I hope I can answer any questions. I'm yeah. sorry that I didn't have Brother John and Brother Tony or Brother Daryl and my other Brother Daryl, but we tried it and just couldn't, I can't make it work. Yeah, no, I'm actually interviewing John tomorrow, and he's trying to get Tony in there, so I'm two-thirds of the way into you guys. Well, you'll love, you love them. They're great, and I uh, uh, remember much more than I do, so I'll blame it on their younger, the <laughs> fact that they're younger, but they really are fun, uh, but it was difficult to have the three computers going, and it was noisy, and I tried. Yeah. But give them my regards, please. Will we'll do. So, and hey, you know, again, just to have you guys individually is still um, pretty cool. So, much appreciated. So, I, um, so we'll get this thing started. So, do my intro and we'll hop into it. So, if, if, uh, if I ask you to repeat something, don't get mad at me. I, it's not as loud as coming across as sometimes, but uh, I'll do my best. Okay. All right. Um, will do. Um, and also, if I, if I don't answer the question, you know, I, if, repeat it or make me, because I go off on tangents. I had one too many auditions, somebody <laughs> said, and it, uh, we'll do the best we can. All right, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll still turn out great no matter what, so I'm very excited for this, so again, thank you. So, I, thank you. okay, so I'm just starting off, so, you know. Uh, no, you, can I end up? You get to ask the questions, but you sound pretty knowledgeable. Do you write? I mean, I went to I went to film school, and I'm trying to become a writer. I'm just a big fan of the show and history of Hollywood. So my minor was in history. So you combine history well, and film. Much. There you go. Well, so. I learned how hard it is to write. Yeah. Yeah, well, hey, maybe one day I'll be able to write the um, a book about the history of New Art because that's the thing. Like side notes, like even though this is such an iconic oh. show, there's not a lot Where, out about it. I'm sorry, that's because I can't hear uh, totally clearly. But where did you go to film school, if you don't mind me asking? Um, Ithaca College in um, upstate New York. Oh, great. Well, uh, I'm sure you're going to do. You're doing well now, and you'll do better. Yeah. Just get those younger actors in there, at least like Brad did. Exactly. Instead of these old character actors like me. Hey, I would love to have you guys, in, uh, you in there. If I can get um, John and Tony, it would be great. It would be making my dream come true. Well, I got lucky. They, uh, they were sober and happy to have a job just like I was. And 
hard to keep three of you as friends for eight seasons, and yeah. I consider them very good friends. And, you know, and I, that's why I was like saying to John, because he was saying the same thing. It's like, you know, that's impressive that eight seasons that, you know, the show's been off for 30 plus years that you guys are yeah. not like hating each other. Be like, nah, I, I hate that guy. Don't, don't tell him I said hi type thing. So, yeah. So that's always heartwarming to hear. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, if I say, I give you a non sequitur, please repeat it because I, I don't know where this is. I'm on, are you on a cell phone? Yeah, I'm on um, speaker trying to record this. I'm trying. I'm trying to talk a little louder than usual. So. Oh, oh well, thank you, and I apologize for my. Uh, uh, I just. It's probably me. It's probably me. See how how hard it would be to do three uh, on the on the uh, computers. Yeah, exactly. They're so. better. They're better at it, but uh, I've tried it, and uh, I prefer to talk on the phone. Yeah. Well, again, appreciate you coming through, and I'll make sure to talk loudly. Thank you. Well, uh, if I'm understanding the question, I uh, just did a couple episodes the first year, but they repeated them several times, so we appeared five times, and then... Uh, over the summer and then and a little more the third year but when they guaranteed us a certain amount of shows the third year even if I didn't do them uh, if that answers it I don't know but I still I just uh, I recall uh, the live audience helped a lot applauding yeah. and I think that encouraged the writers to write us in more yeah. I don't know if I've answered you Oh, no, that, that, I was um, asking specifically about the series finale, how it was revealed to be oh, all true. Oh, good Lord, I missed that. Well, uh, did I hear you say you had a writing partner? No, you, it was Thanksgiving you were talking yeah. about with a friend. But uh, uh, you need all the partners you can get. Yeah, yeah. I usually do have two co-hosts, but um, I'm more knowledgeable about New Heart, so um, I'm flying solo when I'm doing these ones with uh, me and John. So, well, I wish I could give you some new light. Except every show was fun, and uh, I was so worried I, I might not even invite anybody to the show. Worrying about whether I didn't remember my lines, depending on the amount of material, and John. Might have a dozen guests because he just likes people and invited them. So uh, we were three uh, squirrely people, I guess. Yeah.
let me ask you something. I didn't know when I talk too long, I repeat myself, I mutter, and are we, uh, do you have other questions for me? Um, yeah, just like one wrap up question, but I mean, again, like what you're saying is very interesting. So it's not, um, not to my detriment, the longer I, the longer we go, the, um, I'm still happy. Uh, I got nothing better to do all day and all day to do it. In. Well, I just know myself that, uh, of course I'm, I, I do want to mention the book, but I'll do that when you say, but, uh, I don't, I will, we'll talk as long as you want to, but I start to repeat myself and I'm, I'm hoping that you or your editor can cut out what's useless um yeah de definitely will be some editing but i mean all this i can say you know as a fan of new heart fan of um, true blood and deadwood and all that this has uh, just been very interesting so you know not to worry or anything so um you know very Yeah, no, they, yeah, they're doing I'm good. I'm trying to step out of character and stop talking about myself for two seconds. That's all right. So yeah, they're doing great. You know, this season. You know, it's um, it'll be very interesting to see where they go. You know, I was um a youngin when they were doing the you know four Super Bowls in a row. So it'll be very interesting to see um if they can get back into it. Was it who was it? Jim Kelly or something? Yeah, Jim Kelly was one of them, and um. Scott Norwood is the one, I think it was in 91, the infamous um, wide um, wide right, I think, um, field goal. Well, Kelly, I don't know. It's too cold for me to even think about the team that far north. But he, uh, <laughs> I had season tickets to the L.A. Raiders, but Kelly seemed to be such a class act. Yeah, he's really beloved in um, Buffalo and all that, you know, even, you know, though he hasn't played in like 20 plus years, you know, he's, you know, like a rock star whenever he does something, so. Yeah. Yeah, if you ever want to, oh, sorry. I'm sorry, I, I just, uh, notwithstanding the tragedy in his life, yeah. he's always been a classy man. Yeah. Yeah, and if you ever want to see it, actually a pretty good documentary about the Bills in that era, it's uh, ESPN did a documentary called Four Falls for Buffalo, and it's all about the um, those four years in a row that they went, and it's it's very interesting. You can see how like, especially on what's what called again, I missed it. Four Falls for Buffalo. Oh uh, yeah. And it's okay. it, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah, it's very interesting. I just sure to have see. a lot of free time these days. My hermit in the basement, but exactly. I thank you again for mentioning. Yeah, no worries. So, yeah, that's uh, all I've been doing in quarantine has been you know, marathoning through Newhart. I started rewatching the show in um, April, and I'm almost done with it again. So, well, the connection wasn't perfect, but that's why I hope that you can fix it. Uh, where I didn't answer the question. 
Yeah, yeah you've gotten that. Can I ask you one more question? Sure. Do you know what the buff how the Buffalo Bills are doing this year? They're actually doing um, really well, and it's um, been a joke in my family that it's like this is going to be the most Buffalo thing ever if they go to the Super Bowl and win it finally when no one can go to a bar in town. Oh, wouldn't it be something? But, yeah, they'd have a record of 7-3, and three and I know that largely because my Vietnam vet buddy uh, is from Buffalo. And, yeah. But they had a great team. 